Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You are listening to The Confessionals Podcast. I am your intro host today, Jack Merkel, and I am filling in for Tony because he has been under the weather for the past few days. So keep him in your prayers. We'd love to get him back so that you can hear his velvety voice instead of mine on this microphone. Anyway, so please wish him a speedy recovery as he gets over this sickness. As for the show, if you have any crazy and wild stories you'd like to share with Tony on the show, go ahead and shoot us an email. The email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Thank you, everybody who's tuning in right now. All of you members, you beautiful people. Uh, it's because of you that I'm here, and I thank you guys so much. I know Tony does every week, and uh, I just I wanted to let you guys know how much I appreciate you. So thank you for being members. And keep it up. I appreciate it. This week, we have a great episode for you. Yao joins us on the show to share his crazy experience uh, coming from Ghana, West Africa, all the way to New York and dealing with some honestly wild experiences from uh, his family trying to poison him to having to deal with demonic situations, very intense moments in his life that he was able to make it through uh, onto the other side uh, it, all in one piece amazingly it's it, he has a great story to share and i know that you're all going to enjoy it so let's get to the show right now All right, today we have Yao on the show. Yao, not from China, but from Ghana. How are you, man? <laughs> I am doing well, Tony. How about you? Man, I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about talking to you, man. Uh, you have 
a life story that kind of seems like it literally has taken you around the world. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool to hear and see. So I'm just going to hand things off to you um, shortly here. I just want to give the audience an idea of where we're going. Uh, you grew up in Ghana, born in Ghana, and uh, in your childhood, there was uh, human sex trafficking involvement. And uh, you eventually, you and your family wind up moving to New York City. And uh, I believe it was New York City. And um, you had uh, paranormal experiences, but in throughout all this stuff, I mean, you found out things about your family's past, like your grandmother being a witch that might have played a role into some of your experiences. Uh, and one of the things you said in the email that I was just like, well, that's there's got to be a story there. Uh, you said that your dad's side of the family attempted to poison you. And I'm like, yep. what? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like grandma, like, come on, you know? So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear your, your story, your life story and how it all unfolds. So I'm going to hand it over to you and let you start off in the beginning and give the background as to who you are, where you come from and let you take it away, man. Yeah. Totally. Thank you. All right. So like Tony said, my name is Yao. It means born on Thursday. Uh, the name originates from West Africa, Ghana specifically. Um, so, you know, for those who don't know where Ghana is, Ghana is located uh, in the western part of Africa. Um, it sits between the French colony, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, also known as Ivory Coast, and Togo. So we are like sort of neighbors, also with Nigeria as well. Um, fun fact, Ghana, we have the best jollof rice. Um, that's an inside joke, Tony. So if any West Africans uh, end up hearing or watching this podcast, they're going to get the joke. But If, if somebody um, from West Africa gets the joke, got to let us know. Let us know in the comments <laughs> section because I, I want to know. I bet there's, there's plenty of West Africans that would get it though. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. Um, so um, just, just want to go straight into the, the story line here. I was born and raised in uh, Ghana, specifically in the Ashanti region, Kumasi, uh, into a Christian family. I grew up going to church every Sunday. Like that was not even an option. If you were sick, if you were throwing up, it doesn't matter if you're having a seizure, you have to go to church. And if you didn't go to church, you had to face the consequences of your from your parents. Whether that, that means you maybe not eating in the afternoon or you're getting beat up or for whatever reason. So church was a, a must do activity uh, every Sunday. Now, um, that did not mean that I knew you know, or understood the reason why I was going to church. I was just unattended. Uh, and it, it was fun. I was involved in like the kids ministry. I was singing in the choir. I was doing Bible verses, remembering Bible verses. All of that was just, you know, just me being there. But it didn't mean that I had the salvation or the knowledge or the saving grace of Christ. Uh, you know, that's something that I had to define for myself and not because my parents were Christians. Um, I grew up in a very strict, strict, culture, not just home, but like back then from, I would say, so I, I left Ghana uh, in 2000, 2004. So I, I have memory from like, I would say going back to 1998 to like 2004 and just thinking about the culture right now um, was very strict. So school was super strict. Class started at 7 a.m. Like 7 a.m. If you are there, 7.01, you got in trouble. And I went to a school that was very militant. So we had to wear a uniform. You had to wear white socks and black shoes. Your pants must be ironed. They had to see the line coming from the shirt and the line coming from the pants. Otherwise, you get sent back home. So it was, it was that type of environment where discipline was thought 
It was literally engraved into your body. And it was the same as home. So when you go home, there are things that you need to do. You have to clean the house, you know, before your mom shows up. Um, you have to make sure your clothes are washed. Uh, we didn't have like things like washing machines. So everything was washed by hand. We didn't have dryers. So to dry your clothes, you prayed and hoped that the sun is going to come out that day. If not, no clothes for you, man. <laughs> so it was just that type of environment. Uh, it, was very, it was very, very strict. Um, one core memory that I do remember uh, from Ghana was the type of discipline that we had at school. So at school, you had to buy your own cane, right? Um, with your money, you had to write your name on it. And then you had to take the cane back home, store the cane in the fridge, right? So it sort of like hardens up and then you bring it back to school. Now, the purpose of that cane is if, let's say, you failed in class or you misbehaved in class, the teacher would then use your cane to beat you up in front of class. Yeah. Or sometimes in the assembly, depending on how bad your case was. Yeah. So sometimes, um, uh, if let's say your best friend or the teacher knows that your friend is in the same class as you, if he or she truly wants to like embarrass you, he or she will give the cane to your friend and have your friend beat you up in front of the class. Now, wow. in the case where let's say your friend likes you so much and he or she just cannot do it, your friend gets in trouble. The teacher will then pick somebody else to then beat you two up. It was just that type of environment. And I think the whole idea was that uh, was to teach us, uh, I guess, respect, um, to teach us obedience, uh, that sort of like submissive, yes, sir. It is like a one-way street where you are the only one showing respect, but not receiving it back. So over time, that obviously became abuse, right? It's like, you're not being heard. You've been abused at school. You've been beat up at school. You go back home with like lashes. Then if your mom sees that you were beat up at school, she then takes over and then beats you up. So that because was she assumes you did something wrong. Exactly right. Wow. Right? Like without without any sort of like proper investigation or like hearing your side of the story. So it was like you got you you went to school, you got beat up, you came back home, and then you got beat up, and it's like a double whammy right there. So that that was the type of culture that you know you know as far as discipline goes, that's the type of culture that I do remember uh, you know experiencing during my time there. Um, another thing that uh, I want to talk about is. Um, infrastructure. So Ghana back then, I don't know if I don't know if it's still the same now, but we used to have a lot of light outs. So like you know, electricity would just go out in the whole entire country or in some specific regions for months and sometimes years. I was afraid. Sometimes I think I am. Like uh, I was afraid of the dark, big big time. So I grew up with uh, two sisters. Uh, I'm the I'm the last born, the only boy in the family. Um, and we slept in the dark for like sometimes six months and sometimes a year because the infrastructure in Ghana was so horrible. They just couldn't, I guess, keep up with the demand. So this led me to like be fearful of the dark. And that is where some of the paranormal activities actually started to sip in. So going back just a little bit, my grandmother who adopted my mom, so we're not blood related, but she basically uh, helped with the upbringing of my mom when my mom's parents passed when she was little. Um, she had a gift from what I was told. Now, I don't know what that gift specifically is, but I do remember my grandmother running a church. So my family owned this huge land in Ghana. Um, I would say it's about, it's about a New York City block. That's how big that land was. Now, there wasn't any proper infrastructure there, just old buildings and a church 
right like in the middle of it. And I do remember like during Sundays, people would bring sick people. They would bring people who are like mentally challenged or mentally disturbed people. And they would tie them to trees. I was very little, so I didn't really understand like why is this person tied to a tree and what's going on. But what I do recall is that people would line up with like all these sick people and my grandmother would pray for them and then they they would get healed. Um, That was the outcome of it. So I grew up thinking like, oh, my grandmother was a pastor. You know, God was using this woman miraculously. And, you know, that's just, you know, what I saw and that's my understanding of it. One thing I want to also highlight is African, West African families. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying that in a general sense, but from what I've seen and experienced so far, they don't talk that much. Like they don't sit you down and talk to you about like sex or like, you know, how to not do X, Y, and Z or like family history and like the family structure of like who is who. So you grow up just thinking everyone's your brother, everyone's your sister. <laughs> like you don't know your family dynamics and your family's, your family's uh, tree because we don't talk about it, right? Um, lack of communication leads to lack of understanding. Um, so that was, that was the general sense of my grandmother growing up. I'll talk about her later on. Um, going back just a little bit, one one day I remember I was eating and then the lights went out. So when the light goes out, we would light up. Uh, uh, it's, it's like a I don't know what you guys call it in America, but it's like this 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 device. You put kerosene in and then you you light it up and then it it basically burns. I, I can't remember the name. It, it's I, I know it. I, I mean I had one of those. I think if you're describing what I had growing up. Is to keep yeah. the house warm, and that's what I called a kerosene heater. So <laughs> that's what I called it. <laughs> it. It may be that the one that I'm talking about had like a, a a translucent glass, it's like circle, and then you pour the kerosene in the device, you light it up, and then you put the glass on, and it basically serves as serves as the light for the house because there's no light. Okay. So that's what we had. So the light went out. I had one. I was sitting down in the living room and I was eating, and then. Um, my sister came and took the, the, that device with her to the bedroom because my mom and my other sister were there and we were ch- chit-chatting. So I was like, okay, whatever. I was just in the, in the dark. It was pitch black. I cannot remember the time, but if I'm going to guess, I'm going to say it was around like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. So I'm sitting down eating rice and stew with my hands. Um, you know, for those who may not be familiar, that's the way we eat our food in Ghana. Uh, in most parts of Africa, we eat with our hands. Granted that your hands are washed properly, of course, uh, but we eat with our hands. We don't really use utensils back then. Now, I think it's a little bit different. So I'm sitting down there eating rice and stew, and then I sensed this like presence. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like the whole room changed and it got a little bit cold. And I'm sitting down there and I'm like, oh, this is, this is kind of weird because I don't remember ever experiencing something like this. And then while I'm eating the food, I felt a hand in my bowl. I touched it. It had very long fingers. It was very stiff, super cold to the touch. It was just in my food. And then I, I tried to like use my leg to sort of like swing back and forth and see if somebody's in front of me. I thought my sister was playing a prank on me or something like that. I felt nothing, but the hand was in my bowl. So at that point, I'm thinking like, oh, 
what is going on, right? I, I'm like frightened, but I'm not screaming. I'm not running away just yet. So I slowly got up and then went to the bedroom and my mom and two sisters are there. It's only four of us. So I'm like, man, that's, that's strange. I didn't tell them. I didn't make any note of that to them. So it sat with me. And then from there, my fear of dark just went straight to the roof. I just could not be left alone in the dark. Even to now, if you were to ask my mom, she would tell you like, I was the most scariest person <laughs> when it came to like, uh, you know, leaving me in dark environments. I just wouldn't do it. I would just run away. Um, so that was the type of, you know, that, that was the experience of, as far as paranormal. Again, I did not understand it back then. Um, and I still do not understand it now, but I think there is a relationship there between my grandmother and what she did. Um, I don't know, but I think there's a relationship there. This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.